The fastest way to get someone to change their mind is actually to agree with them. Welcome to Mindset Performance, where we take a look at the thinking patterns of successful entrepreneurs so we can learn why it's true that the less you work, the more you make. If you're an entrepreneur and you feel life is calling you to step up to something bigger, this podcast is for you. Sometimes it can be super frustrating when you are in a meeting or sharing a concept and you've got somebody there who's totally digging in their heels. And you, you watch them dig in their heels and it can feel uh, frustrating um, because it's like this person isn't seeing the whole picture. They, they don't have all the facts. And, and because of their emotional state, they're almost resistant to the facts. Um, now, this isn't entirely surprising as... The Book of Faces has shown us with things like the coronavirus or politics or religion or whatever the topic is, um, as humans, we tend to believe what we want to believe. We tend to be skeptical of any evidence to the contrary. Um, and some studies have even shown that the more someone is presented with contrary evidence, contrary facts, the more they dig in their heels, the more resistant they are to changing their mind. They just get better and better at explaining them away. Um, this is frustrating, um, but sometimes it hits close to home and we're dealing with relationships that are important to us or uh, projects that are important to us and, and we can't just simply let it go. We, we have to stay in the game. We have to maintain the relationship. So how do you help somebody to change their mind? How do you help somebody to see the whole picture without burning the bridge, without beating them over the head? What actually works? Well, today, we're going to look at that. Now, imagine, if you will, that um, a family is buying a car, and they get to the end of the car presentation, and they're starting to get cold feet because they realize there's going to be a financial commitment. That's always scary. And they say, ah, you know, we just can't afford it. Now, by the way, of course, there's only three main objections people have. Um, the money, it's too much, or they don't have enough of it. Um, they need to think about it. They're not sure, which really just means that they're afraid. Um, or they need to talk to somebody else. They're not the dis real decision maker. They need another decision maker, and they're kind of passing the buck. It, the only, those are the only objections. It's one of those. Um, usually it means that they aren't clear on the value. Um, but you can't help them to see the value by making them wrong for whatever they're saying. So let's say in the case of buying a car, uh, the family says, oh, you know, we can't afford it. The inexperienced salesperson goes to work trying to show them how they can afford it. Oh, well, what if we adjusted the price here? And, oh, well, let me take a look at your budget there. You know, we could tweak this on your budget. Oh, I bet you can find a 20 bucks extra this month if you tried. Goes to work on that. And that just causes the family to be more and more isolated, pushed away, uh, resentful, if anything. Um, now, sometimes it works. Like the salesman will kind of coerce them into it. Now they've got this loan that they wish they didn't have. They regret it. They end up defaulting on it. The dealership's got to take the car back. It just causes more problems. The experienced salesperson immediately says, I understand how you feel. Now, this is an interesting response because... The family said, we can't afford it. Can't afford it is measurable. We can look at the numbers and it's there or it's not. This is a factual objection. 
Of course, when they say, I need to talk to my spouse, that's also a factual objection. There really is a spouse, and they really do want to honor that relationship. The salesperson responds not with facts, not with counterfacts, but instead with emotion. The salesperson says, I totally understand how you feel. This is a different line of the conversation. The problem, though, is for some people, it can feel offensive, as if you presume to know how they feel. You don't know how they really feel. You're not in their shoes. You don't have their situation. So immediately after making the statement, you know, I totally understand how you feel. Remember, we're turning facts into feelings. You have to back it up with a story. Now, it doesn't matter if it's your personal story, a past client story, a story you read in a book, your pet rock, doesn't matter. But we've got to have some kind of story to justify that you really do understand how they feel. So in this case, a salesman might say, I totally understand how you feel. You know, last month I was looking at buying a new house and this house was great. It had everything I ever wanted, but I started to realize, crap, I don't think I can afford this house. This is going to be, it's going to be more expensive than what I'm currently paying. I just don't think it's in the budget. I mean, I just started to realize I was being romantic. There's no way I can afford it. But my, re- my realtor showed me a couple things about my current house, showed me how my current house had some deferred maintenance. Um, my roof was going to need to be replaced. My air conditioner was going to need to be replaced. I was going to be hit with a pretty big bill coming up. Um, showed me about my windows and the insulation in the attic, how I was losing a lot of energy inefficiency. Uh, showed me about some construction that wasn't happening around the neighborhood and how my property values had gotten very stagnant. You know, it wasn't long before I found that I couldn't afford not to get that new house. So notice a couple things in the story. The car salesman is, is showing that they really do understand what it's like to want something and feel like you can't afford it. They they're genuinely do know what that feels like. Feel is the key word. And when they tell the story... They say, I felt the same way too. Felt is the second keyword. And then they end their story with new information. And they set that up with the word found. So feel, felt, found is the pattern. That's a pattern you use to help somebody change their mind. So it's what you use to help them to see new information, not as a threat, but as an opportunity. In the case where the car salesman was telling their tale about the house that they wanted to buy, the new information was they weren't aware of all of the hidden losses, how much they were spending in energy inefficiency, how much they had in deferred maintenance, how they were missing out on a property value increase and they had to stagnate. They weren't aware of that at the time that they were making their calculation of what they could and couldn't afford. When they factored that in, they couldn't afford not to get the new house. So if you're in a situation, um, religious or political or healthcare or finance or business transaction, and your prospect is, I can't afford it, um, start with, I understand how you feel. Tell a story that's related to how they feel. It could be a past client of yours. It could be somebody you read in a book. It could be your pet cat. You can make up a story. 
just be sure that you really identify with how they feel and you communicate that through your story that you've, you've been in their shoes and you know what that's like, or you have somebody in your life that's been in their shoes. And then you're going to introduce some new information. And what makes the new information work is because you're telling it on the end of the story. It's sort of couched in a, huh, I hadn't thought of that before. Huh? Hmm. You know, this, this really surprised me. You know, I, at the time, I didn't know this, but when I found this out, it, it kind of shifted things for me. It's kind of a rocking back on your heels, huh, this was, this was really interesting to me. The new information isn't, ha, gotcha, you're wrong, see, this is what the study says. The new information is, man, I was just like you. I used to believe that too. When I found this, though, I was really surprised. This caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting to see this or learn this. If you can couch it that way, it's not a threat to um, your interlocutor's debate partner, if you will. It's not a threat to their ego because they have the opportunity to be surprised just like you are at this new information, and they aren't wrong. It allows them to change their position without being wrong. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Wow, that's interesting. Now, if you just start with the new information, it shows up as a threat to their position. It shows up as, well, they would be wrong, and they have to avoid being wrong like the plague because that would be the death of their ego. This is what it is to be wired as a human being, of course. But if you couch it in a story where you were surprised to learn this, I understand how you feel. I felt the same way, but this is what I found. It gives them the opportunity to see something they hadn't seen before. I hope this serves you. Let's make it a great week. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the thinking patterns of success, or maybe even see what kind of opportunities for growth are hidden in your own mindset, visit mindsetperformance.co.